was one of those nights when you could tell that there was a storm brewing. The thunder started to rumble and the lightning started to flash. And it was about bedtime. And sure enough, when that little guy got tucked into bed, the storm hit with a fury. The thunder was loud and the lightning was flashing in the room and the little boy was scared to death. And his mom came in to tuck him in. And as she tucked him in, the little boy with a trembling voice said, Mom, I'm so scared. Would you just stay in here with me tonight? And the mom said, No, honey. I've got to sleep in Daddy's room tonight. There was a period of silence. As the mom walked out the door, she heard these words. The big sissy. <laughs> Have you ever been afraid? Yeah, we've all felt fear, right? Everybody has felt fear. We know what fear feels like. And we know what fear feels like, the kind of fear we don't want to have, the kind of fear that controls, the kind of fear that motivates in a way we don't want to be motivated, the kind of fear that maybe makes you feel like you're immobilized. Back in, the, in October of 1998, a friend and I were mugged at gunpoint. And I'm going to tell you, that's a moment I'll never forget. I felt fear. In fact, I remember when I was laying on the ground and one of those guys was holding a gun to my head, I remember asking the Lord at that point, what does trusting you look like right now? Because I was scared. I didn't know what to do. How God delivered us is a whole nother story, but the fact is, I know I don't like that kind of fear. One of my favorite authors, A.W. Tozer, he said, what comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. What comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. What comes to mind when you feel fear? What, what comes to mind when you have done something wrong? I'm really grateful for this passage today because we all know what fear feels like. And I'm glad that God is an answer for our fears. So let's look at 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. By this, love has been perfected with us so that we might have boldness in the day of judgment. Because just as he is, we are in this world. Fear is not in love, but perfect love casts out or drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. But the one fearing has not been made perfect in love. 
I just want to point out a couple things about the text. <clears throat> the first words, by this, kind of springboard out of what we just covered in verses three, 13 through 16. Remember in 13 through 16, we talked about the confidence or the certainty that we abide in God and God abides in us and how that certainty of this amazing relationship we have with God comes by way of the presence of the Holy Spirit in us, comes by way of the confession of Jesus Christ as the Son of God that we live out by faith, that this certainty that God abides in us and we abide in Him comes out of the experience of God's love so enveloping and capturing our hearts that we love people that we would simply not be able to love any other way. Out of that certainty of God abiding in us and us abiding in God, we're going to know something about love. That love is going to be perfected with us. And so it propels us forward to see what's in this passage, that the perfect love of God perfects in us something that changes who we are. And the love of God is perfected with us. There's another way of describing this amazing relationship we have with God through faith in Jesus Christ. That his perfect love is perfected with us. That he's come alongside us. He is living with us through the Holy Spirit. And he intends every day for the rest of our lives for his love to have its perfect effect in us. Every day. His love is being perfected with us. It's, do, it's being done for a reason. So that we might, on the day of judgment, have boldness. Now, that word boldness is not creating a picture of something that's going to happen necessarily. But I want you to catch the idea of this word. This word boldness is the boldness to say something, to stand up and speak freely. Now think about that. On the day of judgment, when God who sees all things calls all people to account for all they've done, both good and bad, to be able to stand before Jesus Christ, the judge, and be able to stand with boldness on that day and not shrink back in fear, shame, and guilt, but to be able to, if you chose to speak freely about your forgiveness, about your innocence in Christ, complete confidence on the day of judgment. That is unbelievable. God wants his love to be so perfected with us that on the day of judgment, the day that should be a terror for anyone who sinned against God, on that day because of Jesus Christ to be a day we stand with boldness and confidence. It's pretty amazing. And you notice there's a connection here with this idea of standing with boldness and confidence on the day of judgment and punishment. Notice in, verse, in, in this verse here it says that there's no punishment in perfect love. Perfect love has to do with punishment. So you think about the fact that maybe you're sitting here this morning and maybe you haven't been thinking this week about the day of judgment. Maybe all week long you've not thought, 
you know, the day of judgment could be today and I'm going to have to stand before the Lord. And you may not have thought about that. You may not have felt fear about that day. You may not feel fear about that day at all because you feel really confident in your forgiveness that God loves you and he's forgiven you. And on that day, you're going to stand before him and you're going to stand in Christ. You're going to be okay. You may feel that. But I want to encourage you to think about that the fear of punishment can come on a variety of forms. Some, sometimes it might sound like this. I know that most likely right now, God's probably not really very happy with me. In fact, I might even say, go far, so far as to say God is angry with me because of the way I've been living. Maybe it sounds like this. You know, I'm convinced that if I had been living better in my past, that my my present wouldn't be so difficult. Maybe you just think I'm, I'm just a disappointment to God, and I know that. I know that I can't please him. And ultimately, he's not happy with me. Maybe you feel like that if you were just a little bit better, that God would be a little bit kinder to you. Maybe you think, man, I, 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 don't, I don't deserve for God to guide me in my life, to speak to me to lead me to know what to do and how to follow him because I've just not done what he's wanted me to do. The the fear of punishment can come in all forms and varieties, seasoned by moments of shame and guilt. And I just want to encourage you to recognize this morning that God does not want your life to be ruled by fear. He wants your life to be ruled by his perfect love. And that's why this passage tells us that his perfect love is being perfected in us. There's some amazing descriptions in this passage of what it looks like, what it's What's happening in us for the perfect love of God to be perfected in us? The the first one is in the, the last part of verse 17. Because just as he is, also we are in this world. The perfect love of God is being perfected in us because in Jesus Christ, we are just as he is in this world. So here we are living in this world. And do you know what our status is as followers of Jesus Christ? If you want to know what your standing, your relationship to God is, then when you read the Bible and you read the stories of Christ and his relation to the Father, him being filled with the Spirit, him being guided by the Father, him experiencing the favor of God, if you think about the the status of the Son with the Father and you think about who you are in Christ and the world in which you live, guess what? You are in Christ. 
You're in him. And the favor of the Son belongs to you as a co-heir of Jesus Christ. The favor of God belongs to you as a child of God. And as Christ stood righteous, so you stand in the righteousness of Christ. As Christ stood in the favor of the Father, so you stand in the favor of Christ as one rescued by Him. As Christ is in the world, so are you. The love of God, the perfect love of God is being perfected in you so that you understand who you are in Christ. God does not love you because you've done enough to secure His favor. He loves you because you, through your faith in Jesus Christ, are in Christ. God loves you, and His perfect love is perfected in us. I want you to notice the second thing here in this passage. It says that in verse 18, fear is not in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. Perfect love drives out fear. Love and fear cannot coexist. It's like light and darkness. You have darkness in a room and you turn a light on, what happens to the darkness? Gone. Love and fear cannot coexist. So when God's love invades your heart, it drives out fear like light drives out darkness. God wants to drive fear out of your life. God's love is perfected in us as God's love drives fear out of us. Romans 8.32 If God gave us His Son How will he not freely give us all things? God does not want you to be motivated by fear. God wants you to be moved by love. So his love is driving out the fear in your life that would make you think that somehow you can't experience the favor of God because you've not been good enough. No, the the fear of God, the fear of his punishment is not what God wants for us. He wants to drive that out and leave in its place his perfect love that is reserved for Christ that we now get to experience because we are in Christ. You know what I love about how God works in our lives? Is when he drives out fear, he's driving out fear by driving in grace. He's just pounding into our hearts his grace. That moves us out of our sin. He he drives out the darkness of fear by driving in the light of his mercy. That we are forgiven. That we are cleansed. That we belong to him. God has perfect love for you in Christ. 
And His perfect love is being perfected with you by driving out fear. All of it. Now there's this connection with punishment. I want to help us see why it's so important to understand why there is no punishment connected with those who are in Christ and how that alleviates all fear. So many times when we fail and we walk in sin, we fear the outcome of that sinful decision. And if we're not careful, we will drift into fearing punishment from God. And when you come to meet Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been delivered from punishment for sin for good. You will never be punished for your sin. And some of us need to get that through our thick skulls. We're never going to be punished for our sin. Now, there's a difference between punishment and discipline. Punishment is punitive. I've done something wrong, and I'm going to be paid back for that wrong. An eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Sometimes we sin against God, and we think because we've sinned against God, God is now going to act in a way towards us that's commensurate with that sin. Punishment, punitive. God does not punish his children for their sin, ever. He does discipline his children. You know what the discipline of God is? It's God's loving action in our lives to graciously move us out of our sinful behavior so that we might escape the building consequences of sin and rebellion against God for which God paved a way for us to escape. So God is simply acting in such a way that we would leave sin behind and experience the benefits and the blessings of righteousness. It's the most loving action God could demonstrate towards his children to say, I'm not going to let you stay in sin. I'm going to act in your life in such a way that I move you out of that sin and you experience the benefits of the righteousness that I gave you in Christ. It is amazing that he acts in such a loving way. Anytime that we are aware of our shortcomings and failures before Christ, you should never think that the things that are happening in your life are because God is angry with you or He's punishing you. That's not what's happening. No, God is using the circumstances and the situation and He's orchestrating your life in such a way as to move you from that continued sin into His righteousness because He loves you. He's always responding to our failure with love, discipline, care, and concern. Never punishment. You know what God does with the consequences of our sins? This is just mind-blowing. Not only is God not out to punish us for our wrongs, In addition to his disciplining hand that guides us 
from our mistakes into righteousness. God takes the consequences of our sins because when we turn against God, there are consequences from that rebellion. That's just what we can expect to happen. And, and that's by design too because God has created consequence for sinful behavior. It's less attractive to get into sinful behavior. God in his graciousness does not allow sinful behavior to bring fulfillment. He brings emptiness so that we might want to go back to him. It's a form of his discipline. But here's what he does. When we sin against him, he takes the consequences of our sins. And in his goodness, that brokenness can be redeemed. Have you ever experienced the redemption of God in your brokenness? Where he takes a sin in your life and he transforms you through forgiveness. And instead of seeing the brokenness of that sin, you see the beauty of his redemption. And you recognize I can live my life differently. You feel the wisdom of Christ coming in you. Because you see the holiness of God grabbing your heart and rescuing you out of that sin. Have you ever had an experience where somebody else was in brokenness and because you'd been rescued, you were able to help them leave that brokenness? God in his grace redeems even our consequences so that we can say in repentance, I have no regret because the Lord has redeemed it all. He does not punish. He redeems. He loves. He cares. God's perfect love is being perfected with us. I want you to notice here the last part of verse 18. It says, The one who fears has not been perfected in love. There's no fear in love. No fear. Not just no fear in the day of judgment. There's no fear. Because the scariest thing in the world is judgment. And if you don't have to be afraid of judgment, you don't have to be afraid of anything. No fear. So when you have fear in whatever form, it's this, it's this major flag waving in your life. You need to connect with the love of God. Because only the love of God can drive out fear. Don't, don't read ver the end of verse 18 and think, well, if I have fear, something's wrong in my life. Um, I, I, I must not know God, God's love. No. F fear is going to be a part of our lives off and on for the rest of our lives here, one way, shape, or another. It's, it's, we're going to have these issues dealing with fear. So when fear happens... What we're being encouraged to recognize is that the perfecting of God's love happens all our lives. So that any moment I am afraid, any moment I feel shame or guilt, any moment I feel like God doesn't love me, He's not happy with me, I'm just being reminded I need to connect with the perfect love of God because the perfect love of God, when it's perfected in me, just keeps on driving fear out. 
You know, if you, if you are going to put down a little kid to bed, sometimes the little kid is scared. Sometimes the little kid's scared of the dark. And moms and dads and grandparents will sometimes take the easy route out and just turn on the light and leave the light on until they go to sleep. Because we know that when a child is afraid of the dark, turning on the light can drive out that fear. I, I don't know if what A.W. Tozer said could be made better, but I do think that when we think about God, what comes to mind is the most important thing about us. I do think we could say it like this. Nothing could be more important than making sure that what comes to mind is the love of God. We, we need to turn the light switch of God's love on in our lives every day. Every day. You, you, you need to open God's word every day. And be reminded of God's love. See, see, here's the thing. You don't have to drive fear out of your hearts. It, you can't do it. You cannot muster the strength. You cannot, you cannot figure out the way. You can't do it. But here's what you can do. You can put yourself in a position where your mind and heart is saturated with the love of God. And you can let God's love do its work. Because God's love does its work. It drives fear out. We just have to put ourselves in a place every single day to be captured by God's love again and again and again. And let me just tell you, God's love doesn't get old. It doesn't get boring. You can just sit before the Lord every day and say, God, I need to be reminded today of your love for me. God, I need to see your love afresh. I need a fresh renewal of awareness of how much you love me in Christ. I want your love to so capture my heart that you drive every fear out of my life today. Do you know what life looks like when you live in the confidence of God's love instead of the fear of everything else? That's how God wants us to live. People experiencing his perfecting of his love, driving out fear. I want to encourage you. Preach to yourself about God's love for you. Remind yourself of what God says about how he loves you. Spend regular time in God's word and prayer Talking to the Lord about his love. Thanking him for his love. You know, since there's no punishment, why not every day make a practice of confessing all your sins? Not hiding anything. Knowing that God's not going to react to your confession with punishment. He's going to react with discipline, love, care, and concern. Lead you out of that sin into his righteousness. He's going to love on you. So why not just every day practice confession? I can't imagine a, a better way of turning on the light switch of understanding the love of God than to confess your sins and experience forgiveness and repentance that you belong to him, that you are his.
Do you know one of the number one reasons people don't tell other people about Jesus Christ? Why they don't share the gospel? Fear. One of the number one reasons. I suspect that if in the next four weeks during Advent, if each one of us will make an effort to share Christ's love with someone else, to share the gospel, I suspect that that will be a moment where the light switch of God's love is turned on in our lives and the fear we previously felt in sharing our faith would be dispelled. Because God's perfect love casts out fear and if you share Christ with someone, there's simply no better way you can love them in Christ. And if you're displaying that kind of love, I can guarantee you this, you will not be left with fear. You'll be left with joy, peace, thankfulness, hope. Share Christ. Dispel fear. God's perfect love, perfected with us, makes all the difference. When I was 14 years old, I was sitting in a pew down here in a, in, in a similar situation, is just right in this area of my church that I grew up in. And my preacher, his name was Brother Shad. Brother Shad was preaching on a rich man and a poor man named Lazarus. You may recall the story. They died. And Jesus talks about this scene of the rich man being in a place of torment. And Lazarus being in a place of blessing. And the rich man in the place of torment was able to see Lazarus in a place of blessing. And the rich man cried out and he wanted some help. He wanted relief in his torment. And he was told there is no relief for you. It was a picture of judgment. He says, well, at least send some people, you know, to, to my family. Tell them. Even if someone rose from the dead, it would make a difference. Because they've already been told what they need to know. It's an amazing picture of judgment. When I heard that story that night as a 14-year-old, I remember during the last song of response, standing there at that pew, Gripping that pew, white knuckling it. Because I was scared. I was scared that if I died, that I'd go to a place of torment. Because I knew I had sin in my life. Now I'll never forget gripping that pew and being so scared, tears running down my cheeks, thinking, I don't want to be scared anymore. And I slipped out of that aisle and I came down to, to Brother Shad and I said, Brother Shad, I had tears just rolling down my face. I said, I'm scared. I'm afraid if I die, I'll go to hell. He said, Kevin, have you asked Jesus Christ to be Savior of your life? Yes, I did. I did that several years ago. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to feel afraid. 
You just need to remember the love of God. That night made all the difference. And our world needs to see a church in whom the love of God is being perfected so that we live boldly in the confidence of God's love now and in eternity. Amen.